Welcome back to another episode of Detroit vs. the NFL. I'm your host, Calvin Little, and today I will be discussing the Lions' Week 5 matchup against the Carolina Panthers at home. Um, unfortunately, the guest co-host I was talking about last week couldn't make it today. We'll see when uh, I can get him on here someday, but, you know, we'll just play it by ear for now. But can you guys believe it's already Week 5? Um, like, the NFL season is flying by so fast, and... One ad that I keep seeing is FanDuel's like, the NFL is so short, before you know it, it will be over, and it's like, we just started the season, and you're already playing ads that are telling us it's gonna be over, like, the NFL has one of the shortest seasons in pro sports, and one of the longest off-seasons in pro sports, like, man, we, we don't get a lot of our sport time, to be honest, but, you know, it's only week 5 out of 18, so, you know, we still got time, but it, it's just going by so fast, um, but... Jumping right into it, um, the Lions are playing the Panthers this week. Um, it should be a fun game to watch. Um, I think the Lions will do very well because if you'll remember the last matchup against the Panthers uh, during the regular season last year, they beat us pretty good and tarnished our playoff hopes. We beat them in the preseason, so I have high hopes with uh, considering that this time our starters will be playing. Um, so I think Detroit's going to get a win. Um, but let's dive into, like, how that's all gonna work out. So, first up, the Lions get Jamison Williams back early from his suspension after the NFL changed their gambling policy. So now, if you bet on a different sport, which he did on a training facility or an NFL facility, you're only suspended for two weeks. If you bet on the sport, you get banned for, if you bet on the NFL, that's what I meant, uh, you get banned for a year. If you ban or if you bet on your own team, you get banned for two years or suspended, I should say. But that's how that's their new policy. And JMO, uh, he betted on I don't know what sport it was, but was but it wasn't NFL. So they changed the rules. He was suspended for four weeks, meaning that he can come back in week five against Carolina. He's definitely going to playing to be playing. No injuries. Um, maybe not up to his fullest potential. But that but that's the new new story with him now. I know this is a good thing, but, you know, really, you have to have the, the mind of a Lions fan to understand what the NFL is really doing here. While it may seem like they're being nice to us, they're actually not. And diehard Lions fans will know this, that this is an NFL's version of an apology. Because, as we've seen in the Seahawks game, we had some really bad refs. And in the Packers game last week, we had another, you know, blunt call of the third quarter clock hitting triple zero, meaning end of third quarter, you can't run the play. Well, I think it was like one point, like it was 1.7 seconds that the clock hit zero. They hike the ball, the refs don't call it dead, and the Packers throw a long ball to get them down at the 20-yard line. Um, and all of the fans started complaining about it, as they should. NFL obviously picked up on that, and I think this is their version of an apology, saying you can get your one of your best wide receivers back because we're sorry we messed up that call. And this isn't like a one-time thing. I've heard from other Lions fans that the NFL has tried to do stuff like this in the past, and it's really just, you know, I think it's just kind of, you know, a, a, you know, a, crook, a crook thing to do, like fraudsters, crooks, like, I mean, I'm not calling the NFL frauds, but like, it just seems kind of a shady thing to do of like having some bad referees and then just trying to make this makeshift apology. And maybe I'm just a crazy Lions fan who hates the refs, but like, 
you, you gotta at least consider this. I mean, it is kind of just a conspiracy, but, like, it was exactly one day after the Packers game that they freed up Jamal. So, like, I don't think you can, like, not consider it, but I, I think that, I think that, like, it's definitely something that you have to consider because, like, we, we all know that, like, we've seen it through the past years. The Lions are one of the most unfairly penalized teams in the NFL, whether it be picking up the pass interference in the playoff game against the Cowboys, uh, that, that delay of game in the Ravens game where they kicked the 66-yard field goal. There was a delay of game penalty that should have been called, making it a 71-yard field goal, which I don't think Tucker could have hit. So it's just small stuff like that that it's just like, man, what are you guys doing? And last year, Dan Campbell filed, filed a complaint to the refs, and he he didn't even get an apology or anything or any money or anything like that. Um, he It just, they don't do anything. And I know that's why I call it Detroit versus the NFL is because it is Detroit versus the NFL. That's why I have a referee as the picture is because every Sunday, Detroit faces two opponents, the opposing team and the refs. I'm being straight here. And, like, that's just how it goes. And, you know, most of the time, like, it's it's all right. But, you know, when it comes down to the playoffs or when it matters, the officiating just, you know, becomes so bad. But a after my rant, we can get back into the game. So I think the Lions are likely to win this matchup as D Detroit's pass rush on the defense has improved. 13 sacks on the season in just four weeks. Um, after the two weeks, Aaron Glenn was kind of hearing that, you know, he might be fired, and I don't know if any Lions players said that, but a lot of fans were jumping the gun on that, of saying that he should be fired. So I think he realized that what they needed, what the fans wanted at least, was some pass, ru pass rush. And I don't think he let the fans, like, fully control his play calling in that sense, but I think he realized that if he started to pass rush more, uh, it would benefit their defense, as they have, like, James Houston, Aiden Hutchinson, guys like those. So in week three, uh, they got seven sacks after their elite pass rush. Um, and again, I think they had like four or five in the Packers game. Uh, so 13 sacks total, I think, against this Carolina team. Bryce Young, he's a rookie quarterback. He's going to be adjusting to the NFL pass rush still. The Panthers are 0-4, showing that they still have improvement and they aren't capable, capable of winning a game yet. Um, so I think that this pass rush is going to be kind of new to Bryce Young, and they're going to be able to put constant pressure on him all day. I also think that in terms of the secondary, uh, the pass defense um, has gotten a lot better with guys like Cam Sutton. I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson may be out as well as Emmanuel Mosley. But once you get those guys healthy, this pass defense will become a lot better, and I still think it is. Um, and I think they'll be able to guard guys like uh, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, uh, and I think they'll be able to lock them up pretty well. Um, I think the offense will do well as long as they can have a strong second half, because I've been watching this team throughout the past four games. Uh, they don't really seem to come out and have a strong second half. We saw it in the Packers last week in the third quarter with them kind of almost giving up the game is what it looked like. And they scored one touchdown, but that was because of a penalty on the Packers' field goal. So I'm kind of putting an asterisk on that touchdown because, like, the offense was at the five-yard line after a dumb penalty that, like, would not happen usually. So I think if the Lions can come out on offense, put up a lot of points in the first half to get a good lead, and then stay strong in the second half so that you don't give the Panthers 
any momentum. I think that's the offense's biggest weakness right now is not having a strong second half. But if they can do that, you know, they'll be pretty close to perfect on offense. Um, I also think Jared Goff needs to not throw risky balls because he's had a pick in three straight games, Seahawks, Falcons, and Packers. And in the Falcons and Packers game, those were ones where it's like, Jared, what are you doing, man? That's like that's like a college quarterback mistake right there. Like, he's just throwing it to where a receiver isn't even in the area. Like, like the, it's just the defender. And it's just like, man, you can't do that. So I hope that some, that's, uh, that is something he improves on because if you're in the postseason, like, just a small interception can change the entire outcome of the game. Um, but I think that's what the Detroit uh, defense and offense will need to do. In terms of Carolina, um, I am a bit, like, 1% scared this could be a trap game. I'm not too concerned, however, though, because they are 0-4. And I don't think the Lions are a team to necessarily, like, give up a trap game. But, like, last year and the year before that, I, I hadn't really seen Detroit in a trap game scenario. Um, so... I mean, there was the Giants game last year, but they handled them pretty well. So I don't think Detroit is going to fall into a trap, if that makes sense. Um, I think that as long as you don't let uh, Bryce Young get comfortable in the pocket and lock down his top two wide receivers, you'll be all right on defense. But the I am a bit worried about uh, Carolina's, uh, what's it called? Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, because I did mention that they have to lock them down, but they can still be a bit of a threat, because uh, Bryce Young did have a nice passing game, but, you know, I don't think that it will be too much of an issue as the defense is starting to improve. So that's just my thoughts on the game. I'm going to take the Lions by uh, 14 on this one. Uh, they've got that home crowd behind them, and I think that they're going to get off 4-1, and one, and, you know, they're, they're legit this year, guys, and I think that this win is just going to add it on. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the Lions do have a big injury report, um, with key players ruled out, uh, such as Brian Branch and Jason Cabinda. They will not be playing. Um, and James Mitchell and Amon Ross St. Brown are looking doubtful, meaning they're likely not going to play, but not officially ruled out. Uh, then your questionable players are Taylor Decker, Jameer Gibbs, Kirby Joseph, Emmanuel Mosley, Julian Okwara, Josh Reynolds, Vatai, Jamison Williams, and Frank Ragnow. Now, Jamison Williams, uh, he's not injury-related. Uh, we just don't know how much playing time he's going to get coming off of the off of his suspension. However, with uh, Amon Ra looking doubtful, I think they're going to put him in because, you know, uh, I don't trust Marvin Jones that much. Much He's been uh, dropping passes, and he fumbled the ball in the Chiefs game, so I'm not trusting him that much with the ball, so I think they're going to go to him. Um, out of this list, uh, I am a bit concerned about Jameer Gibbs. We do have David Montgomery, so in terms of the running game, um, I'm not too concerned. Uh, Kirby Joseph and Emmanuel Mosley. I knew Emmanuel Mosley was going to be questionable. Um, I'm hoping Kirby Joseph can come back soon. Josh Reynolds uh, is probably the biggest one for me because he's been elite these past four weeks. And uh, he, uh, uh, an injury uh, could really, really ruin the season for him. However, I think Detroit is playing it smart by sitting their players early in the season so that they can play for the rest of the season, which is what you'll see for all of the teams throughout these first few weeks. Um, up until probably after their bye week is when they'll start to try and get him in every game. For now, if they're even questionable, they'll probably sit him because, you know, like we saw with Brian Branch, 
uh, last game against the Packers. He got hurt. He was doing okay, so they put him in. He got hurt again. So they're definitely going to try and save him uh, for when he's needed late in the season. So that's just my thought on the injury list. It could have an effect, but, you know, I, I don't think it'll... It'll be too much of a problem. So now switching gears, we'll go into the NFL schedule. Uh, so on Thursday, we had the Bears blowing out the Commanders 40-20. to um, I mean, I was honestly uh, uh, not expecting that because I thought the score would be reversed, but it wasn't, and now the Bears have a win. So congrats, Bears, I guess, but you'll still place last in the division, I think. So, yeah. Uh, sorry for the yelling, it's a Saturday morning, so, anyway, Jaguars-Bills coming up with the first, or with the second London game of the season, uh, in London, uh, I, I'm gonna take the Bills on this one, I know the Jaguars beat the Bills two years ago, but honestly, I think that the Bills have the better roster, and coming off a big win against their division opponent in Miami, um, will give them the upper hand. However, this will be the Jaguars' 11th game in London, as they are quote-unquote London's team. Um, so they'll be used to the time change. They know the atmosphere. They did get a win in London last week, but I am going to take the Bills um, in this one. Next up, we've got Saints and Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots on this one. Um, the Saints, you know, I don't think they've been looking too good within these first four weeks. Um, the Patriots, they aren't looking too good either, but I think they have the better roster, and I think they'll get the win. Moving on to Titans and Colts, uh, I am going to take the Titans on this one. Um, I do think that they have been slowly improving throughout the season. They're sitting at 2-2. Two and two. They got a big win against the Bengals last week. This one is a division matchup in the AFC South, South which is completely tied at 2-2. Two and two. So I am going to take the Titans on this one. Then we've got Ravens and Steelers. Uh, I am going to take the Ravens on this one. Um, you know, the Steelers have a great coach. But I think that the Ravens, you know, they're still a top team that you can't really count out when it comes to games like these. Uh, then we've got Panthers-Lions, which we already covered. Uh, Texans-Falcons, I'm going to take Texans on this one. Falcons look bad against Jacksonville. Desmond Ritter making, you know, bad throws. And the Texans coming off a big win uh, two weeks ago. I don't, I don't think they won uh, last week. Or maybe they did. I'm not sure. But, you know, I think that they're riding this momentum, and they're going to get a win. Uh, next up, we've got Giants and Dolphins. I'm going to take Miami. The Giants have looked really, really, really bad throughout this first couple of weeks, and I think Miami's just going to pound the rock and continue to show the Giants who's boss. Uh, then we've got Bengals and Cardinals. Uh, I am going to take the Bengals in this one. I don't think they're going to be playoff uh, contenders. I mean, they they'll, they might make the playoffs, but, like, They'll, they'll probably not make it past the wild card round, I don't think. Um, I am going to choose them and beat the Cardinals, though, because, you know, the Cardinals, I think, are arguably the worst team in the league. So I am going to take the Bengals. Then we've got Eagles-Rams. This is a fun one, I think. The Rams are, like, kind of a team that you can't really count out because uh, they got a big win over the Seahawks in Week 1. Uh, they made it really close against the Bengals. So they're doing all right. Um, I think, yeah, 2-2. Two and two, so I think that they'll give the Eagles, you know, a fight, but I still think the Eagles will win. So I'll take them by 14. Uh, then we've got Jets and Broncos. Um, this one, I think the Broncos aren't looking too well, and neither are the Jets really after losing their starting quarterback. But I am going to take the Jets. They made it really close against the Chiefs last week, unlike the Broncos. 
um, who, oh no, the Broncos did beat the Bears. I was thinking because the Bears had like a 31-0 lead at half, and then the Broncos came back and like won it. So both these teams are riding, you know, momentum, I think, but I am going to take the Jets in this one. Alright, next up we've got Chiefs and Vikings, and I really think that this game comes down to one deciding factor. So let's find out. Is Taylor Swift going to the Chiefs and Vikings game? Let's find out, guys. Uh... After appearances at the two most recent Kansas City Chiefs game, the NFL seems enchanted to officially meet Taylor Swift. Well, crud. The Swifties have taken another victim. Ugh, boy. Well, as you can see, I think the Chiefs are going to win, guys, because if Taylor Swift's there, the NFL isn't going to let the Chiefs lose because the Taylor Swift is bringing in that money, the big bucks. And I'm going to go into another rant here because the thing is, the, like, I, I looked at the Sunday Night Football stats last week, and the, uh, I think it was, like, an age between 12 to 14-year-old girls who were fans of Taylor Swift boosted in, like, 30%, and, like, that Sunday Night Football broadcast started treating the fans like dummies because they were thinking that all of these Swifties were gonna pop up who knew nothing about football. And there were some, I heard from Jets fans that like, there and like NFL fans in general, that like, there were some bad calls in that Jets game that, you know, like there was a holding call that should have been called. So like, I think that as long as Taylor Swift keeps uh, bringing in those broadcast viewers and that money and publicity for the NFL, that the NFL is going to be like, hey, refs, you, you have to let the Chiefs win because if the Chiefs lose, Taylor Swift then things are going to start getting really bad um, because they're going to start losing money and stuff like that. Um, so I really think this is another NFL scandal. Uh, the you know they're the, they're going to make sure that the Chiefs are going to win. And I know I sound like a crazy person, but like just look it up. Like most NFL content creators will agree with me that like, and this is where I got it from is like other content creators are like. The NFL needs Taylor Swift to be there. She's bringing in the money. She's bringing in the viewers. So, obviously, they're going to want the Chiefs to do well. Um, and if she's showing up in Minneapolis, that's going to be the defining factor. Like, you don't even have to go into stats. If Taylor Swift is there, it's an automatic Chiefs W. Moving on to Sunday Night Football, Cowboys 49ers. Uh, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun matchup. I'm going to take the 49ers here. Everybody's flexing the Cowboys defense. But they've played three really bad opponents, and, you know, obviously their defense is going to look good because those teams' offense, you know, just doesn't look good. So I am going to take the 49ers in this one. I do expect it to be very fun, but I am going to take the 49ers. Monday Night Football, we've got Packers and Raiders. I'm going to take the Packers here. Raiders haven't been looking too good. The Packers have looked okay against bad teams. Obviously, when they faced a real team last week, they got their butts kicked. But, you know, I think Jordan Love will continue to live in his fantasy of him being a good quarterback, and somehow they'll get a win. So that will wrap it up for my Week 5 predictions. Uh, and now we will move into my fantasy starts and sits. Uh, so I'm going to say for start, Detroit's defense. They're looking really good with the pass rush. They'll get you a lot of points with how many sacks they're getting. I, know, I mean, it's a little bit of bias, but, like, I think there's a lot of fact to it as well. Uh, next, start Kua Napuka, Rams wide receiver who is starting to bud and is starting to really become a great player. So I would start him as soon as possible. 
uh, as he's going to get you a lot of points. I would also start Tua Tagovailoa as uh, the Dolphins have a very good quarterback. He can scramble. Uh, he makes really good passes. Um, so he's just a great quarterback overall. Uh, sit Daniel Jones. He's not a good quarterback. If you've been trying to, you know, jump on the Daniel Jones bandwagon hype, uh, I just wouldn't start him as he's not going to do very well. Um, I would also sit Seahawks and Patriots players as they are on a bye week, just so you know. And DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he was supposed. He's a really good wide receiver, but throughout these four weeks on Tennessee, he hasn't just been. He just hasn't been doing that much. So yeah, I would. Those are my starts and sits. Take them into consideration. Check out the links below. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I think the Lions will get a win. I will be back here Sunday evening to record a post game. Um, so yeah, just keep all those rants I said in mind because remember, at the end of the day, the NFL is out to get the Lions. And maybe I'm becoming like a crazy person who is secretly a psychopath and believes that everybody's out to get the Lions because maybe the Lions have just been suffering and now any type of suffering that we suffer uh, during this new hype era feels bad. But like, you can't disregard Taylor Swift and like the bad ref calls. So just keep it in mind, guys. Anyway, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.